Welcome to Highway Diary. This is, I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. This is episode 394 with Brandon Thomas. How are you? Doing well. How are you, sir? Awesome. Now you run the Expanding Reality Podcast. True. Um, And, well, before I get into that, I owe you a personal thank you. You sent some friends to the pilot run of Illuminati confirmed at the Vulcan Gas Company. Um, I was only there being abused by Klaus Schwab Jr. I drove him there. I, I ironed a spacesuit. He spat on my hand. I asked for a tip. He spat. You know what I mean? Um, uh, you just put out episode 235 of your podcast. Congrats on sticking it through. How has the podcast changed your life? Eric, I don't know how we're going to get through this, okay? Because I consider you one of the funniest fucking people ever. And so even you just asking me a fucking question. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, the podcast has changed my life because I get to hang out and talk to cool folks like you. And I get to do uh, amazing stuff. Like we've got uh, some trips that we're planning to do some events that we're hanging out with. Um, and um, yeah, so it's changed my life in a ton of ways, man. It's uh, made me completely reevaluate everything. It's, uh, it started as just a little thing about, oh, we're just kind of talking about UFOs and shit like that. And then it quickly turned into psychological studies, introspective studies, um, history. I mean, alternative reality, everything, you know. And so it expanded so far, which is, I guess, the, it was named properly, you know, expanding. It's the verb. We're still doing it. So it's a process. So as it continues, it, it gets wilder, man, and more amazing. And so it's changed me uh, phenomenally uh, to really answer your question honestly. Yeah. Um. So... You live on some kind of like farm, yes, with like donkeys and or what what kind of animals you got? Yeah, we've got right now. It's just considered like the ass ranch. To be honest with you, we have six donkeys. Uh, we had a bunch of goats, and um, we've had uh, several horses come through here. Uh, we've had peacocks. We have chickens now. So right now we're down to dogs, cats, donkeys, and chickens, and um, it's it's just this amazing experience. My wife and I moved out here and bought 12 acres in Millsap, Texas, just a small ass little town west of Fort Worth, about an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. And we got out here, we don't have kids, uh, that wasn't our path in this journey. And so instead we just found animals that needed homes and took them in and uh, have had the most amazing experiences with these livestock animals. We don't do it for food or anything like that. It's more of a yard art type situation. We've um, couple of specific examples we have a donkey out here currently and she's been with us for about six years and uh, her name is Ophelia and whenever she got here we have uh, 12 acres 10 for them and it's all grass it's beautiful right they get a pond they get all kinds of shit a barn all that um, but when she got here she stood there and like stared at the ground because she'd never seen grass before and this was like crazy to me this donkey who'd lived I mean she's like almost 30 she's pretty old but she lived in a dirt pen 50 by 50 dirt pen for her entire life so I didn't know what the fuck grass was she was like floors lava so we had to really like convince her to get out and then now she's incredible like comes right up to you very sweet you know all of those kind of things so it's nice that we're able to give these animals just a nice place to hang out and don't expect anything from them you know do you do you eat the eggs of the chickens yeah definitely do that yeah fucking love that shit and we take advantage of the fact that whenever they're running around we have much less pests uh we leave the snakes alone out here that are non-venomous um, because within we have less mice like there's a balance out here for sure and absolutely, we take advantage of them damn eggs, yeah. The donkeys just walk around and shit and let you pet them. They're like dogs, really. They're like field dogs. They're great. Mm. Um, do you grow produce? 
nothing in that vein yet. We, you know, have a beehive. Um, we were going to start, and then that just has not panned out yet due to the issue with getting bees for some reason. Um, another thing was is that our garden this past year, uh, we started to do something. We've got a huge area. We put a ton of infrastructure into the area of the garden, but not actually sown seeds, planted things. And to be honest with you, we um, probably won't. We've set this place up to be really great for the people in the future that want to utilize it, but we're looking to get the fuck out of Texas, man. Uh, it's too goddamn hot here. This is my 41st summer here in I'm over it, man. You know, uh, this past one was a past one, and and we're just done with it. So we're going to head somewhere a little bit more favorable to climate and somewhere where we can go outside. We're outdoor people, and you, you know, can only do that for a small window of time and some treachery, treacherous shit out here in this Texas heat. Uh, Colorado? Northern uh, Oklahoma? Utah, yeah, Utah, Arizona, somewhere like in that area. Um what about the donkeys? Are you going to, you know, yeah, we'll hook them a... to a, a, a little sled and put your belongings on it? Absolutely. They're going to come come with us for sure. Yeah, they're family. Because uh, two of the girls we have uh, saw born out here, and they lived for like 40 years. So when those things were born, I was like, fuck, I'll be like 70 when you're dead. So, yeah, we'll take them with us. They're family. Because we plan to upgrade. Like, uh, we're not planning to move out of Texas into an apartment. Like, uh, this is 12 acres that we feel like we've outgrown significantly. So we're ready for substantially more land. Hmm. but not in texas uh we were talking about uh, a possible business venture one time and and i said like words like uh if and you know maybe this and and you kept saying no when this happens and the, you know yeah. and you were you were correcting me because i'm a grumpy bumpkin you know mm. i see the pain of the world <laughs> um you, you were telling me about neuro-linguistic programming what you know positive language positive affirmations just an awareness of them so let's say that you have the ever intention of doing something but you say that uh it's not going to happen which one do you think is going to win out usually there's a mindset behind these things and whenever you look at neurolinguistic programming it's sort of muscle testing gets involved in in that type of research but how i take it to be in one of the more focused directions i have on it is language and speech and intention and so when you look at uh, words like abracadabra, right, literally taken as, as I speak, I create. So if you were saying things in the affirmative but adding negatives to them, then they're a wash as far as it goes. So why speak them at all? And in my, I guess, efforts with all of this, what I've done my damnedest to do is be very deliberate about my intentions and my speech. And I've noticed that this has changed my world. Not in a freaky woo-woo sort of like, oh, now um, angels come in and, and fart trumpets and shit. It's not like that. What it is, is it's a much more well-rounded way, I feel for me, uh, to approach the goals that I have in my life. If I approach them with trepidation, then, yeah, they're probably not going to uh, pan out like I'd like for them to. If I approach them with a resolve, with a confidence, and at least be able to phrase them in a way, if, if not just for positive sake at the beginning, but really it's a, it wires your neurons a different way to be more in the affirmative. Now, I will say that there's an element of toxic positivity to avoid with all of that that can get involved with that, where you're just sitting here going, oh, everything's going to fucking work out, love and light, and it's not that world, right? There's a very realistic approach to this. But psychologically, what neurolinguistic programming offers is you the ability to examine your speech and to see the energy really behind the intention of the words. So it's interesting just when you focus on them and point them out. Well, I just want to kind of push back on this sort of positive thinking leads to results. Uh, with two painters. I want to talk about two painters, uh, Jackson Pollock and Adolf Hitler. Uh, 
And um, I don't th- not a lot of people know about the story of Jackson Pollock, right? So here's what he was doing. He was painting realistic paintings, getting frustrated in the New York scene. You know, you couldn't sell anything. Him and his wife like moved uh, upstate to upstate New York or Connecticut, something like that. And then he's so frustrated one day and in a dr- drunken state of hubris, he just started going, you know what? These art dealers don't even know what they're looking at. So he started throwing paint at the canvas and his wife, um, she was like, "You, this is brilliant. We're going to change the art scene forever. So he was like, yeah, whatever. This was just a joke for me. Well, she carried his broken bones and uh, sold these. For, and it was a big hit. Like it was New York Times, this and that. Because all these like NPC rich people are like, oh, it's genius because they're dumb. And so um, she he could just kept doing it, doing it, doing it. She was the one who would sell it, sell it, sell it. Right. And um, he started thinking, I'm a genius. I am a genius. You know what I mean? So as they got more and more money, he started going out with young women, you know, drinking, driving. He died flipping his Corvette with two 20 year olds in it when he was like 52 and his wife was at home trying to sell his, his paintings. Okay. That's, that's where the end of the rainbow of narcissism, like anyone could recreate his paintings. And I always say anyone could shit on a canvas. So that's why I'm always like, Oh, the world isn't fair. Anyone could shit on a canvas. If it says Jackson Pollock in the corner, it's worth $1.2 million. Banksy, same thing. And recognizable uh, brands. Yeah. Well, Banksy also does. I I would say Banksy's way higher level in terms of concept and execution. Um, And uh, his art pieces are PR stunts. Yeah. Which is so he's like actually deserves everything, in my opinion. Um, Hitler tried to get an art schooler in Vienna. They open it up and they go, ooh, that's a bit gloomy. You know, (laughs) you've been rejected. Um, And then uh, he did what he did, started a war machine. He thought that the Aryan race was the best race. He was so convinced of this. He started the 1936 Olympics. He, He invites the whole world over. And he was so convinced that the Aryan race was best I don't know how much people he killed. I don't know. He did a lot of killing between, you know, 1930. What? When did World War II start? I don't even know. 30. (laughs) When did World War II start? Do you know? 31? That makes sense. Oh, 41? Okay. But my point is 41. Is that real? It went from 41 to 45. Oh, my God. Yeah, 42. Uh, well, when was D-Day, right? Well, because it depends on when your definition of World War II um, starting. So when America brought, got brought into it. Hang on. <laughs> I'm just cracking it. Uh, yeah, Google it. When did World yeah. War II start? Because if you look at, like, Pearl Harbor, right? Um, so, 39, September 1st of 1939 oh, okay. to September 2nd of 1945. So, the 1936 Olympics, he he started, uh, you know, 
Okay. The war started three years later. He was so convinced that the Aryan race was best, but then Jesse Owens comes from America and smashes the Aryan race. And then he doubles down on the Holocaust. He doubles down on it after like meters and seconds proves. So that like, there's an end of the rainbow of narcissism. Like you're proved in an actual stadium that you set up the competition and then you still do the Holocaust. I mean, boy. Sore loser. (laughs) What a sore loser. So, um, you know, when I see like, um, ah, man, and, and this is what I really want to say. There's so many comics out there that as soon as they like reach a level of fame, they completely take their foot off the gas of creating content. Like a lot of comics, I, I, there's one comic in particular who always does this shit. Oh my God, I did, I did comedy on mushrooms. Oh my God, I did comedy on LSD. I did comedy on LSD. Uh, MDMA, you know, it's like, did you do comedy with fucking content ever? <laughs> or it's just like an, your your fame is like an autistic, like weighted blanket. You fucking loser. Like the only thing you can't do is the fucking work anymore. Once you get there. Sorry, I have, you know, problems with neuro linguistic programming or whatever. But it's like these fucking losers that make it and then stop doing the work. There, there's also a comic who goes, I will only do the show is if everyone gets in, right? And I'm going to play my, um, I'm going to do my set until everyone leaves. I'm going to do my set until everyone, I will not stop until every audience member leaves. Okay. Imagine the staff. So they get, even if they sell out the creek in the cave, even if they do that. Okay, that's 200 tickets times 20. Okay. Then you have staff. Okay. Okay, that's good. Now it's one hour. Now it's two hours. Now it's three hours. There's three people in there. He's staying on. I don't know who this person was. Todd Glass, four hours, five hours. They have to keep the lights on. The people, you know, the staff is sitting in the back. They have families to get home to. They have dinner to eat. Do they count as people? Oh my God. It's just like, they would be it, there forever. It's like this masturbatory loop, right? They're paid to be there. He's not leaving until everybody leaves, but they have to be there because they're being paid. Yeah. But they're getting like restaurant wage. Yeah. Fuck that. Which is like, like some sort of hell, like sitting on a tarmac forever. Like that South Park episode of what hell is. It's like three twenty-five an hour, one seventy-five an hour plus tips. You got tipped the first 90 minutes when it was tolerable. Yeah. And then it's like the art of the annoyance where so that the the show is not the show. The show is uh, uh, an exhibition in narcissism. Mm. So when people like use the audience like like that, I just uh, listen, the audience paid. I also don't like crowd work stuff. The audience paid the ticket for the show. They paid the money for the show. Now they're the show. What do you do? What do you do? Oh, you're mm. stupid. You're stupid. Oh, oh my God. Harvesting from the people that fu- just have the content ready and do the fucking show. Yeah, or just be a hologram like they're doing with ABBA now. Have you seen that? ABBA's making like millions of dollars for this fucking hologram version of them running around. And people are paying tons of money and it's selling out live to watch the live holograms of them play their music. Mm. It's wild. What a great time to be alive. 
Does the hologram stop and ask every audience member what they did today? I think that's why it's pro. That's that maybe why it's so successful, actually, because <laughs> it just has a show. So I'm sorry. It's just, you know, when you've been in it, you very generously said I'm the funniest person in the world. I can't disagree with you. You're one of my favorite. Yeah, I think you are so fucking funny, dude. We had a meeting about something. I could. I don't even remember what the meeting was about. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. Um, thank you. Um, but listen, and I, it's just because I like hold myself to a certain standard of behavior, and I feel like like a lot of people don't. You you got a resolve that you just push through no matter what. Like you've got this powerful backing with this steam shovel in front of it, and it's just awesome. It's just cool to watch. And. and Cause like when I'm in a green room, like I know that if I meet new people, Oh, hi, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. I was in a green room and someone comes in, I've never met them before. And they, sh the show was at eight. This person showed up at eight, Oh, eight, 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 10. They came in the green room and is like, Oh my God, my manager, they just got me a hotel. You know, I had to Uber to sushi. Anyway, what do you think I should get here when I'm local, like the local good food? What do you think? I Not what's your fucking name. What do you think I should get? What do you think I should put in my gob? Hey, you, what do you think I should put in my gob? You, same question, my gob. Oh, my God. So then I, I'm thinking I don't have a manager. Getting on the poster is a Google form. You have a manager and the dumb bitch didn't get you on the Google form. You don't have a manager. I hate to break it to you. You don't. Okay. So you make the manager bump the list. So you don't have to get on the poster proper. Okay. So then this club was supposed to pay us on Tuesday and on Wednesday at like noon, I was like, did manager Uber sushi douchebag get paid? After he bumped me and bombed, I'm going to kill somebody. So then they paid us on Thursday. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, it's a privilege to play here. It's a privilege. I'm like, not with that cunt. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and then it's like they made it like I was the bad guy. It doesn't make sense. And they're like, oh, well, he's a touring working comedian. How about how about this here? Have you thought of what do you what are your thoughts about this reality, this place? This may help you out tremendously, actually, because this this is helped me out tremendously seeing it for this perspective. What are your thoughts about this place? Like about God, about everything. Um I think I believe in karma. And I think the internet is making me believe in karma more <laughs> because because for example. The internet is 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 kind of giving everyone a platform. Um to put out a portfolio of their narcissism. And so if they're not able to de delay gratification and they shoot their shot early or they look super dumb doing it something or um 
The other thing that I noticed about the internet is you can like overexpose yourself. Oh, like, you know, I need to, uh, uh, put out all this comedy content like every week you can't you can't like an album takes like three years or something like this so it's kind of like exposing people's uh intention which kind of quickens Let, let's just look at um look i did a lot a lot of uh i looked at um some porno websites for like real intense like research like like peer review research articles i was i was working on and I was like a fan of this one porn star. And um, I came across her obituary and I was like, oh my God. And she was like 22. And I'm like, this broad is so hot. She burned out her soul. She burned it out. So I don't know what this is, but there seems to be like, it does seem to be like if you slow it down, uh, do the right thing by others, um, you'll have longevity and you'll be able to experience uh, this place. Do you do you think that we're the top of the food chain here? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of watchers, some kind of. I don't know. I would not be surprised if there was like two alien races call this God and Satan. And like one is like, see, they're evil. And then like, you know, they probably are at like the Federal Reserve. They like have like minions, you know, the next one down would be like Christine Lagarde and like Ursula von der Meer and like Klaus Schwab. And then like on the good side, you know what I mean? It's just like this love energy that is like kind of pulsating and natural. And that's like the good aliens, I guess. I don't know. And then it's kind of like up to us. We have free will to decide which team to play for every day. And if you have no knowledge of either side, you're going to lose. The devil's in the details you know True. and if the devil runs this realm you got to like pay your rent and bills but then don't <laughs> lose your soul doing it you know that's the question and that's why i asked what if it wasn't one good and one dark what if it was all dark one part of the dark just masquerading as light then essentially like you said the devil does run this place and to that then we could say that you know if you do believe in something like a rapture or christ's reign or anything like that if you follow any sort of history official narrative then perhaps one could speculate that the rapture and all the good shit has already happened and maybe that's what tataria and all that shit was was jesus's thousand year reign but not that it's going to come in the future like everybody's grandma keeps saying the whole time he's going to come back in my lifetime never does um but maybe it's because he already has and maybe that this idea that this is a place of redemption or that you can be anything here, that there is some sort of benevolent force is the actual PSYOP, the greatest PSYOP ever. And perhaps it is more like a matrix situation where there's an invisible, if you want to say it that way. Some people say that they can sense or see things that I'm unable to see directly, but I feel like maybe we can sense them in a way. I think we are built with that system in play, but there are invisible things all around you, this invisible reality that feels 
like it takes advantage of the strife created in this realm. And so it deliberately creates strife, right? The Hegelian dialect, the problem, reaction, solution. If they consume energy that's by output of us is fear-based, it's shitty, it's negative, what we'd consider low vibe and that's all the torture and things could be associated with, then perhaps it perpetuates situations in which that would be an advantageous element for harvest, right? So you have all of these entities, call them humans running around out here. Maybe all of us are inhabited by a spirit or a soul. Maybe not all of us are inhabited by what we would call a human anyway, which is an even crazier thought to think that we're all just vessels for something and that what is you and what you think is you, something totally different than maybe what I am or Maybe there's a few of us out here with what one would call the divine spark, and I'm not claiming any of that new agey shit, but just for conversation here, there is some level of a certain percentage of us, let's say here, uh, with a divine spark in us that can navigate this place and see through the bullshit. And maybe most of them are comedians, and they're folks that uh, don't have these, what one would call predispositions to attachments to this realm. So we could say too much into the physical, right? Too much wanting money, like you said, uh, losing their will to work after they get this money and they get some affluence and then they lose drive because there's no need for it anymore. That type of apathy is, you know, some would say sort of an energetic output that you output that some other being is taking advantage of. And so when you look at it that way, my mission now is um, just to be unpalatable for those things that would otherwise want me for dinner. And then you can look at this place again, you know, I've uh, been really diving into, just finished uh, Howdy Mikowski's Exit the Cave book today. I got him coming up on the show, and it's a fascinating perspective on this. When you look at all the Gnostics and Cathars, the ancient writings of all these folks talking about that this place is sort of a demiurge copy of a real realm, but all of the shit things here, as far as the food chain goes and all that, something needs to die for something else to survive, sometimes horribly if necessary. Then it's a louche factory in, from that perspective, where you're inputting energy into a system that's just putting back situations to get more looser energy out of you, and that is a perpetual loop or a cycle. Then there's that reincarnation trap idea. So I would say to what you're experiencing in your world of comedy, which is why I asked kind of what your perspective is, is if you take it as that, then yeah, man, this place is just a shit show, hell, demiurge ran place. So anything you find in your reality is going to be unpalatable because that's what this place is all about. It's fucking kind of a prison planet or a hell, you know? Uh, Yeah. And I had been uh, working my square job, excuse me. So I saved up, you know, basically for rent December. And, uh, but I was planning on go, 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 uh, you know, uh, save up money, 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 money. And then I got in a fender bender and then I got t the flu. And so I was forced to, while my car was down, I couldn't go anywhere, do anything. And then I got the flu. So I was like literally bedridden from Saturday to I'm um, starting to recover Saturday of the 11th to Wednesday of 15th. And, um, and that's when I was like hallucinating, particularly Saturday, like all the, maybe this is just, I was going to i was like stressing my body out so much but i started like hallucinating the road i was on and all the different pathways i could take to make it so much easier for myself you're doing this you're doing it could be like this you're doing this and i wonder if the fender bender 
and the flu was like manifested by the universe to have me have that experience. I don't know. <laughs> One could say that. How I would tend to view that is, is that it's a louche farm again. So you get a little taste of something nice, which is a carrot on a string that'll keep you walking through this grind machine voluntarily, offering your energy up to a system that just wants your energy. So if you think about mishaps or missteps along the way, you get excited, you start saving money, right? You have a goal and an intent to put more money, to have more money tomorrow than you did today due to saving. What happens then is you are instantly greeted with more money that you need to shell out for a deposit now for your car or whatever. Um, and then also you have your inability to go out and just make money on the fly, which is your sickness that you your healing time that you got into or whatever, just to kind of do that. So you got the actual opposite of your intention. So would you say then that a benevolent creator is out here helping you out or that perhaps this is a fucking game of mix em ups in a clown world that's backwards as fuck and that what your intentions actually yield are the inverse opposite of them. Now, one would say then, if you wanna follow that energetically to the next step, that you're learning, that this is a growing experience and that you need to do that so that you can actually prove your worth to the thing that you want. And this is what alchemy is all about, right? That inner transformation, that realizing that it comes from you and not from without, but we live in a very physical world where everything it seems needs to be handed to you because humans aren't just fucking built for this place. We can't, we're not geared like any other animal here. We need shelter, food, and to be taken care of like immediately. And um, it'd be tough for anybody, even survival experts, to be dropped in somewhere inhospitable and just survive. You know, you'd be spending most of the time trying to set up shelter and just live. But we don't have that sort of experience of anything outside of that. It's, it's turmoil. It's, it's fucking hardship. And what that yields is a stress on the body. And that's a stressful thing that you output. And then again, this is sort of a resource that some other thing running around here that you can't see allegedly, uh, is getting from you and that's a benefit to them. So why would they fix a system or why would the world be healed or why would Klaus Schanel Schwab Jr.'s uh, and Klaus Schanel Schwab's not exist, right? It, it makes sense in this place for things to be that fucked up in my mind now. So of course, so are right? you saying it's, it's better to be an angel or demon because no. they just harvest and they don't no. have to do much? And it's a great question. And here's where I'm at with this. There's the spiritual community part of this. It's like sort of New Age, like uh, 3D, 5D thing. And I've talked a ton about it on the show, you know. Um, but the idea of this goes to um, that the Earth we live on is called the 3D, right? The third dimension. And then there's a fourth dimension that nobody wants to talk about. And I'll come back to that because I will talk about it. Um, then you want to skip to the fifth dimension. So all of these folks, Dolores Cannon included, say that the Earth is splitting right now, that there's physically two different Earths that are going to come of this. One is going to continue in the third dimension, which is going to be this hellscape and this, like, transhumanism, all the Klaus Schanel Schwab wet dreams, all that kind of shit. And then you look at uh, the 5D, right? The fifth dimension. And this is where all the people who got enlightened, who balanced their chakras, who didn't shave their armpits and eat the right meat and all that kind of shit, that's where those people get to go. Now, in my mind, if you look at this, even at a base level with some intelligent understanding, that is religion with extra steps. That is a rapture sort of scenario. That is just this love and light idea that's going to get you through the fact that there's some fucked up shit going on here that by participating in either version of it, you are contributing energy to the system. So where this leads and why it's a great question what you asked is neither is the answer. It's just like if you're voting, oh, I vote Republican because Democrats are this, that, and the other. Well, that's a game within a game that you're constantly spiraling in this loop of, that you're constantly giving energy into the system of. It doesn't matter which side of the A and B or this dualistic experience you want to contribute energy to because there's plenty of people contributing 
to the other side to keep it going as well. So when you look at these things, even in your own life, like a mini farm of your energy, it's your attention that drives this place. And really, if you can be honest with yourself, you could say that everything in your life has to do with what you focus your attention on, either percentage of, quality of, time spent on self, whatever, any of those one, things that you wanna say. So by all of these distractions and things running around out here, in my opinion, it's to keep you attached to this physical reality, to keep giving you little keys that jingle, to give you an opportunity here that's going to lead you down this path and they'll get their loosh out of you because they're in the fourth dimension, which is this above time thing. And the reason I think nobody wants to talk about it is because we're not separate from it. The fourth and third exist at the same fucking place. You just can't see it as they describe the fifth that we can't see now. Does that make sense? So is, that like, is the fourth like your higher self? The fourth you... is the energetic or the astral. Yeah, if you want to call it that. Higher self, in my understanding, is still another entity. So what's fascinating about this as well is in that fourth dimension, which is existing within all of us, because that's where time is, right? It's, it's, it, it is time, but it's outside of time. So again, as the idea goes, no, I don't plant my flag on any of this shit. I'm just talking about the ideas. This is where I'm at with it. When you look at it like that, then you could say, okay, well, all of the archangels, aliens, uh, uh, any race of aliens, um, anything like that that contacts humanity, the demons included, is all from this realm, right? But the function of the realm is to absorb energy. Negative energy is what's preferable. They don't want your fucking nice vibes. They don't want love and light. The reason love and light is pushed is because it puts you in a certain mind state. It's a, it's a mind fracture of the psyche. Um, this is what uh, Mark Passio pointed this out in a great uh, like eight-hour-long YouTube thing, but he talked about that satanic satanism is actually what put most of the tenets of the new age movement in play and they were doing this back in the 90s they satanism is the one that came up with and pushed the whole narrative for manifestation and that you get what you desire and all that kind of shit because it fractures the psyche in a way that there's no wholeness there's no balance there's no male equivalent to that type of delusional thinking it's a balanced hemisphere that wins the day so then if you look at anything sporting events, politics, religions, anything, all of it is to disharmonize, dis disstable, and to throw anybody off of balance. Your job here, I feel, is to ignore fucking all of it and to keep centered. And that is where your discernment is, is held. So by saying, oh, I'm, I'm for this team because they share more of the values here in the physical that I would like to see continue in this plane that I think can get better, I just look at it as a waste of energy. I say, get the fuck out. These people who are sitting here going, oh, I can't wait to go to the fifth D. I'm going to zero D. I'm going to out of the game. I'm going to back out of, from if there is such a thing as true source, which I do feel is a very strong possibility, uh, that it's uh, there's an absolute truth, then that is where I'm headed after this. Fuck this place again. That's like a trap, reincarnation trap. And you can, I mean, there's so much great material on this about out there, and it's just fascinating to me. It's the thing that makes the most sense, honestly. So you think, so part of your mission of going to Utah is to have more space to get out of this city BS to spiritually ascend into the no. fifth dimension? No, I don't want to go it's... to the fifth dimension. Fuck that. <laughs> fifth dimension can keep it. That's a next level of the game. That's another part of you going deeper into the reincarnation trap. I want nothing to do with any of the dimensions. I'm going to level zero and out. So I'm not going to go deeper into the game. The plans for Utah and the, the land is actually several places for land where several of us um, have come to that we're just fucking done, you know, living like this. Like a lot of people talk about this, but we have a, a serious community of folks that, and, and I want to be very clear here, not some 
commune to where you're forced into a labor camp to make sure that our fucking community garden's going. No, I want private property established to where there's a large enough amount of land that where I, I love you, but I don't want to ever fucking see you. I know that you're there, and I know you're safe because we're on patented land that we have control over where not a bunch of fucking crazy shit's going to go in against our will. And with that, you establish just basic human rights for folks. Live and let live. Live, live your fucking life. You know, there's, it's not a hard thing here. This is a fucked up place, but it can be simplified, and that's what we're looking forward to. It's a place we can create. Place folks can come and feel like they can get out of the fucking matrix if you want. What can people do to stop reincarnating and to go to zero and out? And oh, what is zero and out? Uh, yeah, and that's the that's the question, right? Because this is the idea. So all of this is, and nobody nobody has the answers on this. This is just philosophical conversation based on observations here. And if you can look at sort of what the Gnostic texts are teaching about this secular version of what this place is, whenever you look at the work like uh, Chan Thomas or anybody, anybody who paints a different picture of what the God in the Bible is, which the Bible openly says it is Satan uh, that's running the whole fucking show. In the Bible, if you put the scripture together correctly, I did this on Tinfoil had a while back. Whenever you look at it like this, through, those, through that lens, through those eyes, then in my mind it makes so much more sense than the bullshit that I was fed in religion growing up with my parents. Oh, but it's God's plan, it's God's will, God's end all be all. I mean, immediately as a child, I was sitting there thinking, well, why would God send anyone to hell after giving you free will and punishing you for eternity for using it? It makes no sense. Number two, why would God, there be a benevolent God or whatever, bring you into existence at all, knowing future, past, present, he's outside of time, he knows and sees all, but he's giving all of these billions of souls over to heaven, born all the time under the guise of free will, and yet there's a great plan here. There's these considerations taken with this bullshit about like, especially in the fucking uh, spiritual uh, realm where they're like, oh, I was raped so many times because I signed a contract on the other side. Now, whatever somebody needs to do to get them through traumatic experiences is up to them. But if anybody's convinced you of that, that's where I have the issue of these people saying, oh, I experienced traumatic things and I'm going to allow them to continue at some level because I signed some fucking contract on the other side that I can't verify, I've never seen. Somebody told me, or maybe some entity directly told me. This is where discernment comes into play the most. It's whenever you look at the games that you're playing within the game. And those are the things that I recommend unsubscribing from. If you just want to get your power back, like just be you, be your most authentic you. Unsubscribe from that shit. Um, I've seen two shamans, and they both use similar language. One was uh, my undergrad's uh girlfriend's best friend's mom and she uh you know and uh the another one was this guy alan Ma, right but this she kind of like took me in the, the mom and she goes um can i do some like work on you i was like what you know i was like 23 or whatever she's like no i need to do like work and just see what's going on with you i'm a psychic you know no big deal and i was like oh <coughs> I was like, excuse me. Oh, you know what that is, Eric? That's your throat chakra. It's oh, blocked yeah. right now because exactly. you're about to talk some shit. Please yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't want this out there. They don't want it. So she was like doing this like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh stuff. And then she's like, oh, you have a contract. You know, and so she like informed me that I was like running contracts for entities and then she was like breaking the contracts 
Can I ask? Okay. So yeah. wh where I take this is to the next. Okay. A lot of people would be like, sweet. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. And they'd invest a lot of energy into the idea that number one, they had contracts that apparently exist now that they had no idea of before this, or maybe they'd heard in passing, but of course it didn't apply to them because they didn't sign shit. Then you're told that there are beings around that you are actually an, an energetic fucking lender to. And that because of them, because of this one individual, thank God they came into your life. Right, Eric? What would you have done? If this one individual hadn't graced you by the power of spirit or the universe or God stepped in front of you to heal you of these elements, elements. So here, here's an interesting question that I would have to anybody like that, because recently I've refused my first energetic uh, gift. Uh, somebody was like, hey, can I do Reiki on you? I was like, absolutely not. And the reason is, is because I don't trust whatever they're in contact with. I actually, here's the bigger question. I don't trust that they've asked the right questions to the thing that they're in contact with, and none of them have. Uh, I can say this with 99.9% .9 certainty, because now that I'm asking the questions, people are like, huh, yeah, but he's really nice. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, I mean, again, this is a fucked up realm where anything can appear as anything if it's ran by archons, and they can manipulate this hologram to view anything you want. That's why they have UFOs flying around and shit. It's just an artifact of this experience in, in some ideal references. So... If you aren't asking the questions, what is the entity that's helping you, giving you this power to go zip, zip, zip and to cut contracts and shit, that's not a sovereign thing. They're channeling that through some force or energy, and they will all admit this. The question is, is are they questioning that force or energy because of its intentions? What is it getting out of this? Because if it's free, then you're the product. We know this with social media. So the question is, is okay, if I'm the product, then what are they getting out of this? This beautiful person who offered me reiki said but i've healed thousands of people and whenever i think of this energetically now and planting parasites and how easy they are what occurs as she described in a reiki session and they were all pretty much the same she gets into this zone she channels her higher spirit which is again an entity that can masquerade as something and and this is again and you just got to question all this shit. and then the entity will come in and and allow her to find trauma in the bodies of the people so now we're talking negative emotions okay that then they're able to grab and locate like a metal detector sweeping across a beach oh my goodness look at there i found a gold nugget of evil disgusting shit for me to consume this entity that's being channeled through this healer okay so then the person gets to feel better but perhaps there's a slip of a parasite in this person who's now healed right they feel better because they release some sort of temporary trauma or they got the feeling that they did all of this can be simulated manufactured. That's the biggest fucking thing to take away from all of this shit. These people who sit there and say, oh, but I felt this pure love and this pure beauty. Well, this whole goddamn place is a trauma factory. So if you get a simulum, a, a minuscule amount of, you said ecstasy, if you get any MDMA in your system, yeah, you, you feel fucking great, but it's because it's a break from this trauma-based mind control that you've been experiencing since birth. So these archons or these entities, whatever it is, they have the ability and don't think they don't to simulate and manufacture anything in your experience, your faculties, them being so limited and easy to hijack. And we all know this. You can see this in, in any amount. Uh, your memory, um, witness, eyewitness testimonies are the least reliable in court cases. Just someone saw something, said something. There's so much information that's missed in that process that they're so fucking unreliable. Okay. So when you boil it down. Well, can I, can ahead, I, please put it something okay what if the entity living inside the shaman devil's advocate here yeah yeah so i've seen recently a video of a kangaroo whose ears were covered in ticks mm -hmm. and the ticks had like inflamed the ear 
And a crow lands on a fence and is going yum, 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 yum. I don't know why this is fascinating and very satisfying to watch. It's like watching Dr. Pimple Popper, you know? Yeah. Is it so bad that the crow is the entity and the tick is the bad feeling? And then the kangaroo is the host getting its ticks removed. Is that a bet that, you know, there's symbiosis in nature. It's a great question to ask. And when one wants to look at this and have considerations, um, uh, because I've, I've thought of this in the in this line. So let's say that let's say that the contract that you signed on the other side, and yes, this is a symbiotic relationship. Let's say that there are amazing experiences peppered into this for you, simulated, but amazing. Okay. But let's say that the contract you signed was a contract of sorts, but it wasn't to benefit you. It was to benefit the ener- the entity that's sending you into this realm to be its host, to send back the, to its harvester. It can harvest from you what you experience as you traverse this place. Think of it like um, if you can go to Mars or something, if Mars is a place and you can go there, then teleporting rocks back rather than grabbing them on a ship and shipping them back here. You can teleport that material straight from there to you. So if you think of the entities doing it this way, think of all the fucked up shit you've had happen in your life, Eric. If you think of that they're outside of time and that what you signed a contract for was the fact that they knew that they would get these energetic pings from you along the way, that's really what the contract's all about. It's who is this benefiting? Do you feel like this life is benefiting you? Do you feel like it's a school? Like a lot of people say, like reincarnation is a school type of a thing towards an opportunity for you to learn more and to grow. How many times does spirit or source need to come into a physical body and be raped, murdered, and all of that shit to know what it's like to be raped, murdered, and all of that shit. So if this really was a school, Howdy points out a great, uh, Howdy Minkowski points out a great example in his book, Stinging Nettles. When you go to pick stinging nettles, it would be nice for that memory to stay with you that they fucking sting and that you need gloves for them every lifetime. Otherwise, it's not a school. Like, why would you need to know that you, if you fall off something, like I've already learned that in this life, why would I need to reset that information every single life, right? If we're following the reincarnation and school trap. It's just an interesting thing to look at when you, whenever you say, okay, well, these beings are outside of time. If that's what's occurring, there's an energetic realm here. You're being sent through a maze that it knows around the next seven corners and 10 years from now, it's going to get a massive payoff in the investment that is you for getting to set up little treats for you along the way. Mm. Mm. It's an examination at this plate. That's all. And the Gnostic uh, texts and stuff. So again, it's, it's just a fascinating thing that whenever you, again, reorganize the way that you are even capable of seeing this place for a second, just entertain it for a moment, uh, then it's an, it's a, it, it fits my observation a little bit more than what I've been told this place is. And I'm, I've been told a lot of lies about what this place is. And if nothing else, I don't ever claim to know what's going on, but I know a lot about what's not going on. And we see that in NASA, in all kinds of things, in history, all kinds of shit. And so if you can at least detect the things that are not going on, it leads you to some great questions. And I had a guy, Andrew Benjamin, and one of the things he quoted as saying is the answer to life is the mastery of questions. And I just thought that that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, yeah, you always have to be a student. Um, you always have to be a student. Um, but it's not uh, yeah. all doom and gloom. And yes, this is hell fucked up landscape, but you make yourself unappeasable. There is a way out, allegedly. No one knows for sure, but allegedly there is a way out. It's just your sovereignty. It's knowing your shit. That's it. Not being attached to this place. So take care of regrets and all that. Anything 
that they can trick you into coming back here for? Because there's apparently like a hard sales pitch at the end of this experience to get you to go into that fucking light and have a life review. Because they're able to pull up all the little things maybe that you just did out of survival to fucking survive this hellhole. And you did with the best information you had at the time. And they'll try and force you back down here is one of the ideas. So the, mm. ans the answer is to kind of clean your life up, to resolve things with you internally, to make sure you're happy with what your decisions are and what they are moving forward. Absolutely. And fuck everybody else, dude. Well, well I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, mindful Expansion Book Series. Five books. Tell me, what made you... Ma <laughs> <laughs> sorry your throat chakra you're not supposed to talk oh about my it. god what made you write these <laughs> beautiful cover um yeah. tell me uh what will readers get i feel like i've been kind of rendered speechless uh downloading what you've been telling me i think um but what will people get from this yeah and just ideas and again thanks eric for uh letting me come on and hang out with you man um yes yeah, so one of the cool things about uh this whole goddamn place actually is your ability to create. And I'm huge into this. I'm a imagination, creation, I'm huge into comics, all of these sort of imaginative concepts. And um, I think there's something very powerful to utilizing your imagination, as well as just your ability to create. That is our essence, man. That's what we're all here for. Uh, whether you're a street sweeper or you don't feel like you can achieve your dreams or anything, everybody is here to create. One of the most important things for me um, over the past couple of years has been just getting to know myself more. And again, when we look outside of ourselves, we see that there's a lot of distractions and shit going on out there that can yank you away from this connection that is sacred and amazing. And it's called you and it's beautiful and it's not some higher entity that's posing as you. Um, in fact, that connection with yourself allows you to hear those things and go, that's not mine and uh, shun it. So. In that process, I had a uh, journaling practice that I drew, so um, an artist, so every morning I would just draw this little thing that had 10 points on it. It had a moon tracker, a reading practice, daily design where I asked myself four questions to get my day started, and um, again, mantra, gratitude, uh, conversation with self, now and noteworthy, anything going on, either astrologically or uh, in the world or personally or otherwise, my goals, as well as what I was releasing, what I was working on mentally to shun away from my mind as well as what I was bringing in or focusing more on rather than the lack of the bringing in and the positiveness of and not in some foo-foo uh, you can't see it sort of way in a very tangible way and so I wanted to create a very tangible experience for everybody to do that I got tired of honestly drawing it every single morning so every morning I would draw uh, and just to hold it up for the camera here I would basically draw this and that's what I spoke of just a minute ago here um now, it would have my uh, moon tracker here, which allows you to fill in the moon. And we have sample pages of this and all this filled out on the Instagram. If you just go to Instagram, uh, Expanding Reality 369, um, then there's pinned videos at the top where we do walkthroughs of the first book. And this one is the first book, Mindful Expansion, uh, M-E. So you could say every day you work on me, right? Uh, so it's got the... Um, Moon here, your daily design there, a little mantra, or you can just draw whatever the fuck you want there. You got gratitude, you've got your reading practice. So as you go, um, I've just finished my 21st book of the year, so I'm a reader, so I wanted reading practice involved in this. Uh, as well as now noteworthy, your conversation with self. We also have these uh, constellations over here where you put the day of the week, the month, day and year. Also these little habit uh, and you know addiction trackers or breakers or anything like that. You have little sections and little nodes across this thing that can mean whatever you want them to mean. For instance, if you look at uh, this one here, these small little circles, um, those three dots and then that 
that small circle there, these are what I call nodes. And what I do is I fill these in with a color and then I will track the amount of days or time that I'm spending on it. So for instance, this is my personal um, sort of physical fitness tracker, right? So what I do here is I assign this one to be push-ups. I do my age or 41 push-ups every day. I do 41 sit-ups every day and 41 lunges every day. And then I track how many days total I'm doing that. And if you want to not feel like a turd, look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm not going to do 40 push-ups today. And you make that number go back to zero. It's a personal thing. It's You can assign this thing mainly to be whatever you want. Um, in the back, actually, there is a section um, not only for additional writing with some other templates, but you can look at the nodes and you have a node tracker. And there's a couple of these back here, so if you change your mind, you can. So here's where you go in and you assign these to be whatever you want. Now I do have, again, examples for that in an intended use type of thing at the beginning of that, but again, it's subjective, it's all up to you. So um, this is sort of the intended use at the front, which will explode out the pieces and just show you sort of the intended experience that was uh, offered there when it was created. And then also we have sample notes. So I actually went ahead and filled one of these in for you with just an example of what you can do in the back to utilize this thing to your advantage. So. You can either do any of this, none of this. Uh, it's a lot, it can be overwhelming. A lot of people with um, neurodivergent type tendencies and ADD and stuff love this kind of thing because even I drew it like this on purpose to be very colorful and it lends itself to artists and creativity. So the lines that surround this thing, I draw these in, I fill them in. I used to do this in a different color every day and when you sit here and you pencil this in, uh, it's a meditative process um, or color it in in whatever color you want. So there's that. And then in the back of this one, uh, you have lined pages from another journal that we have in the series, which is uh, IE, which is introspective expansion. What this one has to do with is it's for authors, writers, journalers, anything like that. Uh, in the beginning of it, I have several quotes from some author friends of ours, and this is a very community-centered project. So we have quotes from a lot of folks in the creative expansion one. We have art uh, that was submitted. And then you go through and you've got a, just a lined set of line journal pages that I hand drew. So I hand drew all of this um, on an architecture table type setup and then scanned them in. So everything is hand done. Uh, so that's the IE in the series, which is you know for writers, but it also just happens to mean in other words, right? IE, introspective expansion. And then you have creative expansion, which is the author part or the artist part of the series. Again, these covers were all custom uh, cover art from all sorts of different artists and they're all featured in the books. Because, uh, again, it's a big community project. So this is a sketchbook, essentially. It's mostly blank pages. But at the beginning, we did feature 42 pages worth of different artists from the community with just amazing images and a quote from each artist as well as how to find them. Uh, and we wanted folks to know where uh, this stuff can be found from these amazing people. So it was a cool project to do. And, again, uh, there are three more uh, in the series coming out here within the next couple of months on just this one and that one alone. Uh, behind that, you have Wisdom Expansion, uh, custom art done by um, Whitney Fox, and she is incredible. Uh, this is the inversion, inverse of the morning one. So this is the evening one with the owl on it, and you get the morning one for the morning. Uh, and then you have another one, the fifth book right now, again, there's many more after this, is another set of lined uh, journal pages. So it's different, again, more authors and contributors at the beginning. And it's honestly just a way to keep your thoughts, uh, keep track of your life. Um, and in the back of each book, actually, it has sample pages for another book in the series. So this one, for instance, will be the third IE after this. And what that one is, is it's called Bring Me the Horizon, and it's horizontal. So you actually go through it 
at a horizontal pace, which is really cool. So anyway, again, all of them uh, custom and meant for you to take, create, expand your experience of this place in whatever way you want. Yeah. Thank you. What a what an interesting uh, concept to like have like a journal, but like uh, kind of create your own adventure journal, like a little bit more guided journal. Yeah, yeah. And that was the point is um, there's also, you know, things at the beginning here where it's an invitation for you to set the tone for your day. We have a, a thing called set the tone here. And all this was was it's my morning practice. It's what I do. And so I just wanted to share it. So uh, those seven points are just no phone for the first hour, water before caffeine, uh, be nice to yourself in the morning. Don't wake up and start beating the shit out of yourself. You know, it's not advised. You do whatever you want. Uh, a reading practice, read five pages or more of something. Uh, journaling practice, just write your thoughts. You know, you don't have to track the moon and everything else like this, but it's in there if you want to. Uh, a walk in nature. Go stand outside in the bare ground with your feet for 10 minutes. That's it. You check that box. And then physical commitments. Again, mine are just um, either take a walk or those uh, small amount of push-ups, sit-ups, and lunges a day, but it makes you mindful man and that's the whole point of the expansion series is it makes it's mindful expansion is the first one it's to say hey there's an opportunity for me to break some patterns and cycles here that i may not be aware of and maybe if i put them down in a book and be proud that i don't watch porn and every day that number gets to go up and i get to fill that little box in but nobody knows what it means maybe that makes you a better person maybe not i don't know maybe if you want to quit drinking and you want to make it subtle well there's a little node for that you don't have to tell anybody what that means you don't have to share it with anybody first of all but also there's Subtle ways that you can track yourself and um, enhance and change, you know, track goals, all that kind of stuff, very subtly. But there's a lot of information you can get out of this um, from doing it daily. Well, my favorite porn star died. I'm shook. Anyway, <laughs> um, I mean, re no, I was I was looking at porn for re research. Right. I was doing a research right. paper. Peer review. That's right. Peer yeah. <laughs> um, so this has been... Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Klaus Schwab Jr. will be at uh, the Vulcan Gas Company uh, opening for Eddie Bravo and Sam Tripoli, Tinfoil Hat Comedy, uh, November 17, at 10 p.m. Um, this has been Highway Diary, episode 394 with Brandon Thomas. <laughs>